May he have dominion from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. May all kings fall down before him, all nations serve him. Welcome to the Dominion Podcast, Episode 10. Alex and I are really glad you're joining us uh, this evening. My name is Jeremy Boyd, and uh, here with Alex Klusterman. And we're here tonight to lobby for the six-day work week. Yeah. None of this four-day work week stuff people are always talking about. Yeah. We want a six-day work week, and we're actually going to be talking about uh, human flourishing and work today. Yeah. We've sort of following this rabbit trail through the last number of uh, episodes, and it seems like we really need to hammer out what it means to flourish as a human being, what are the... Uh, uh, what are their prerequisites for that? And what do we need? And so we thought while we were doing that, we would sit in really comfy, lazy boy chairs. <laughs> if you were in the studio with us tonight, it's the first night where we're sitting back. I'm on a really cushy couch. I got a side table with a nice hot coffee. So we're going to talk about work while lounging. <laughs> uh, we're literally talking about work and Ben can't make it because he is working. He's working, yeah. And I'm our, a lazy boy. Uh, our mega host, Ben Inglis, could not make it this evening. Shout out to Ben. We'll miss him. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, work. Yeah. What is it? What are we doing? Yeah. I, I worked today. I went to my job. Monday, I tried to take off work, but I still did some work. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we thought this is an important topic it's always an important topic because work is central to our purpose as humans. Uh, it's a timely topic because there are cultural ideas and assumptions which are uh, antithetical to a biblical view of work. I mean, you mentioned one, a four-day work week, uh, as if we can improve our um, well-being by working four days. Uh, and there might be, a, there could be a part truth to that being in a fallen world. Um, there's also just the fact that on a scale that has never been experienced in all of humanity, people have been prevented from working mm -hmm. globally because of the response to COVID-19. And this raises a lot of questions as people continue to be off of work and to have the inability to work. Uh, what is the role of work? Is it central to human flourishing or is it just kind of a pragmatic uh, way of doing things because we haven't found another way to do things? Um, and so, you know, we thought it'd be good to go back to the beginning. I mean, we were talking mm -hmm. before the podcast. Ultimately, uh, we are created in the image of God, Genesis 1, 26 to 28, and God works. And God worked and God worked for six days and he rested on the seventh. And creation is the work of God's hands, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And um, Jesus doing his ministry said, I only do what I see the Father doing. That's right. And so our God is a working God. And uh, he created us in his image. And when he created Adam and Eve, he actually gave them work to do. He put them in the garden, and it says in Genesis 2.15, the Lord God took man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. And this language, the work it and keep it, is, is also used later of the Levitical priests in the temple, and it implies that our labor is not just to be horizontal focused as, you know, um, as if no God exists, but we are to be as priests unto God, that we are to do all of our work, whatever we do, Paul would say later, to the glory of God. Mm. 
And so man is given a task. And this is important because uh, the, the kind of our central thesis is that human flourishing happens when we work and when we live in accordance to what God has created us to be and do. Yeah. And when we don't live in accordance with that, as outlined in the scriptures, there's all kinds of chaos and miser- misery and, mm-hmm. and, and suffering and pain. Yeah, we often live uh, just following the whims and desires of our heart. Yes. Instead of asking the question, what am I for? Yes. Right, God creates, God doesn't create anything without a purpose yeah. or a telos, right? Yeah. There's always an end in goal, yeah. in mind. Yeah. And so we have to ask what, was our purpose. Yes. What was the reason he created us yeah. for? And he, uh, you know, the first thing he does is he works for six days and rests for one. Yes. To give us a pattern. That's why yes. we have a seven day work week. That's yeah. not an accident. Yeah. Uh, it's also not an accident that that's why during the French revolution, they wanted a 10 day. Right. Week. They wanted to get, get rid away from that. Yeah. Get rid of the Judeo Christian idea of uh, work and rest. Yeah. So, yeah, the, even even the days of the week uh, are tied to the creational order. Yeah, and uh, that's w- we need to ask that question instead yeah. of saying, "Well, I don't feel like working today, or I feel like recreating right now." It's yes. like, you know, what are we made for? Yeah, and and one thing we were just talking about: it's important to note that this is pre-fall. Yeah, so it's easy to think of work because of Genesis 3, which it goes on to say, you know, uh, uh, God curses Adam and the way he curses him is in his central duty, which is his labor, his unique Mm -hmm. contribution and purpose in this world is work. And he says to Adam, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree, which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you, which means it's a curse over creation. Mm -hmm. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life, thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat the bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you are taken. And what we have in reality is that work now is very hard. It's, you know, biblically we would say futile. There's a futility to yeah. our labor. There's a difficulty that we don't simply plant things and they grow. I mean, I love... Um, uh, Little House on the Prairie books for my children. And one of the things that strikes me is just the hardship and the labor. I mean, everything they did was hard. Every activity, like churning butter. You know what I mean? You literally stir that thing all day. Like those women outwork me tenfold kind of thing. But there's a story, I forget where they were and which one, but basically their entire crop is lost. Mm Mm-hmm. All of the work that went into that, and it's gone in a second. And that is the reality of existence in a fallen, cursed world. Yeah, and we're removed from that. You know, as you're speaking, I'm thinking, I've never had to plant a crop. Right, yeah. You know, but can you imagine a pestilence or a locust or a fire or something that destroys an entire year of your work? Yes. You know, for, for people that aren't in an agrarian culture, it would be like, you know, your entire salary for the year just disappears out of your right. bank account. Yes. You know, and you don't get it back. There's and there's no not recourse. as many business owners. Yeah. I mean, it did form formation of America. I think it was 80% sole proprietorship. Yeah. Right? So Household businesses. Yes. So people just don't... Uh, th- th- we are a little bit more insulated from the consequences of mm. the fall and a lot of our work. Now, if you're a mom, you know this, right? You, you're You're... You know that the difficulty of raising children, if you're a parent, you know this, but um, 
Anyways, what this can do to us is make us feel that work is bad because we don't start Genesis 1 and 2. We start Genesis 3. And if you start your worldview, if you start developing a theology of existence and purpose from Genesis 3 onward, uh, you're going to you're gonna be on the totally wrong trajectory. Right. So we want to just begin in this episode by affirming the goodness of work, mm-hmm. the purpose of work rooted in the nature of God and given to mankind. And the fall doesn't take away that purpose. Or the command to work. Exactly. It yeah. just makes it hard. Yeah. Um, but this is important. So when someone, for example, in, in COVID, uh, when we don't let people work what and 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 the, and just people think well as long as we give them money yeah the government one, solution is we'll just send you a check and you don't have to work as if that's the a, only a reason you work yeah exactly that's yes. not the only reason people get satisfaction from it yeah um I think people get benefits. Find meaning. Yeah, people get benefits from work that it, they don't even know. Yes. And you don't realize until you're stuck at home uh, and you can't go anywhere. Yeah. You go, oh, my job, even though it's, you know, yes. maybe there's a drudgery to it, it still provides some structure, meaning, yeah. um, you know, physical, even just like physical distraction of your yes. work. But what is, but when we're, we're talking about work tied to meaning, yeah. but in a secular and materialist worldview, that there's no such thing as that. Mm-hmm. There's just you do what you need to to survive, and so if you can receive a check from someone to pay your bills and to eat your food and get your groceries, then what's the difference? Now, one of the, I think the the opportunities for Christians in this time is to see is to point out that look, now that you've experienced have your work taken away, you all know that's a lie. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, you you know that just getting money. I mean, what's... I don't know the statistics, but you know the anecdotal evidence about people who win the lottery. How many of them go broke and get depressed and, and even have high suicide rates? It's because... Yeah. The answer wasn't stuff. They the got answers. everything they thought they wanted. And they quit their jobs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they stopped living human lives, so to speak. Yeah. So, we want to say the work is good. Um, Another thing that I've heard recently, Doug Wilson brought this up, there's a difference between work and a job. And when the settlers arrived wherever they did, there were no jobs, but there was tons of work. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this is a practical point for people, practical help. is just, you may not like your job, but you can enjoy the work. And what I mean is, um, the purpose is not that you are you know, a, a gas fitter or that you are uh, a, a nurse or a custodian. Like those are all ways you use your gifts and you glorify God and you honor him. But there's a, even a deeper meaning such that if you're in a job that you don't like, you can totally find purpose and meaning in your work. Yep. In a thousand ways, in, in giving yourself in the service of others. In the relationships. In the relationships, yep. in honoring God the Bible even talks about like slaves obeying masters, even ones who aren't just, because it reflects Christ's graciousness and that he was willing to suffer and not revile and mm-hmm. endure and entrust himself to the God who judges. Mm-hmm. And the glory of the gospel and the Christian worldview is it actually gives us purpose in our labor, even when we hate our job. But the, the, world, the world's answer is find what you like. Find a job that fulfills you. And 
it's it's almost like an unbearable burden. Yeah. Like I love my job. I feel as a pastor that I'm doing what God's called me to do. I love doing it. Um, but it's it's hard. Like I don't wake up every single day and think this is exactly what I want to do. And and I'm someone who's doing what I want to do. Uh, but imagine that unbearable burden if you're one of the majority of people who just doesn't like your job. And doesn't have an overarching purpose to yeah. life. Yeah. And then what yeah, is Yeah, that? I mean, if your purpose to life is get more stuff and have fun on the weekend, yeah, then, yeah, you're going to hate your job. You're going to hate the yeah. Monday to Friday. And, yes. Um, you live yeah. for the weekend. Or yeah. you just you just float through your job and you, you don't ever invest, mm-hmm. right? You don't ever really engage. You just try to endure and get through it. Yeah, I think as we were talking before, I was thinking about Paul. Yeah. Um, because you were talking about work and jobs as a way to gain things in order to serve others. Right? Yes. And I think of Paul as he was doing his his missions work in these different cities. Uh, he was either living off of uh, generosity of the Macedonians who were helping him. Yeah. Or he was working a night job building tents. Yeah, we worked so that, night and day. You know, and so literally, you know, burning the candle at both ends to not burden the people that he was ministering to. Yes. And he's, you know, so you're you're doing a job in order to serve other people. Yes. So, and this is this is crucial. We should discuss this. The biblical view of work is not just about self-fulfillment, which we've kind of been talking about. It's also like the mechanism through which we cultivate things, we get things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we read that, for example, in Ephesians 4, 28, let the thief no longer steal, but let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands, so that he may have something to share with Mm. anyone in need. And the principle is this. Look, when you steal, you are a burden to other people. But God has ordained that you work so that you're not a burden and so that you can care for those who are actually in need. Yeah. But underneath that is the assumption that the way we get things, the way we provide for our needs and others is through work. Yeah. But what we believe today is that it's not through work. It's like there's a big pot somewhere. There's a government the program government, for that. Yeah. And the reason I don't have stuff is because someone, in this case the government, won't give it to me. Mm-hmm. But that is a, that is, you can't think that way if you're a pioneer. Imagine showing up to a field and just sitting there complaining. It's like, what are you expecting? A sky fairy to show up? Like the only yeah. way you're having dinner tonight and shelter tomorrow for your kids is if you go to work. Yeah. And so, some of the New England, um, some of the the, uh, the settlers that came yes. over from New England tried yeah. socialism on right. a small scale right. and it failed. Yeah. Because, you know, some people just don't want to work as hard as others. Yes. And so they had the communal pot and the guy that's doing all the work is grumbling because, you know, buddy over there is just working two hours a day and yes. enjoying his time. And so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And so we're meant to feel that burden of responsibility. You 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 brought it up as Thessalonians. If a man doesn't work, he shall not eat. Yeah. And oh, man. That, I mean, that would overthrow our entire government entitlement system, right? Oh, there. yeah. Just that one verse. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and this really touches, too, when you're talking about serving. I mean, who were the people that started hospitals and schools? It yeah, was, it was Christians, the Christians right? Yeah. In, a, in a free society where there was no compulsion. Yes. Um, that's how it's meant to be. Yeah. We just think, 
oh, we got a problem with the homeless in town. We should yeah. get, we should go get city hall to do something about that. Yeah. There's got, we'll just get, we'll pay, I'll pay more taxes. Yeah. Sure. I'll pay more taxes so that we can have better health care or this yeah. or that. And it's like, that's not how it's supposed to work. It's an abdication. It's a, it's an abdication, but B it's wasteful. Yeah. It's not good stewardship to no. give your money to somebody for them to dole it out. Yeah. That's like you're adding three or four different middlemen and people that don't have incentive. Yeah. Well, and, and that's kind of implied in Ephesians that when you don't work, uh, there's there are needs that are not being provided for. But we think right. we can have it both ways. We can think we think that you don't have to identify genuine needs. You can place everyone in need, like we've done in COVID. Right. We've created millions of needs because everyone's been off work, and somehow still provide. But this is an idolatrous view of the world that there is an unlimited, infinite pot of resources, which is dispersed through the government. And the mechanism of that is basically voting, mm-hmm. parading, complaining, etc. Yeah, I mean, on the on the cultural level, it's just naivete. Yeah, it's just ignorance, right? Yes, people don't know where money comes from. Yeah, uh, on the government level, it's nefarious. I mean, there's there's bad motives behind. Yeah, they they know that there's a limited supply of money. Yeah. Um, well, and where did that come from? Like, yeah. it came from people working. Yeah, I mean, and they I know just, that. And they know that. So they know that yeah. we're, they're creating a dependence, and that's the goal, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah. and even we think about the healthcare, like, during the lockdowns, like, oh, protect the healthcare, protect the, the healthcare capacity. It's like, hey, look, the healthcare is funded from private dollars, like, from people working yeah. and cultivating. If you don't work... There is no healthcare, and eventually you're going to run into that. Now we're getting away with it because I don't know how. I don't know if we're printing money. I don't know if we had a stockpile. I don't know. We're borrowing. We don't have a stockpile. Yeah, we're borrowing. We're borrowing it. It's going to catch up at some point. We're going to realize, oh, apart from work, you don't actually have hospitals. Mm -hmm. You don't have schools because work is the way that you that you get those things. So. Yeah, I think our culture is just in a crisis of understanding what is work, mm-hmm. and and it's uh, we're going to reap the sad, sorrowful rewards of yeah. those things. Yeah, one of the last things, you know, maybe we could talk to um, the idea of like retirement and stuff like that, and and losing work and trying to get away from work. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the articles I read during this time, I'm actually going to read from it. He's he's they're they're citing several studies which bring in the connection between meaningful work uh, and our well being, our flourishing, even life expectancy. So it says, and we'll I'll link this article in the show notes. Um, rising unemployment has been correlated with higher death rates. A 1979 study concluded that for every 10% increase in unemployment, mortality increased by 1.2%, which is a huge number. Yeah. For this reason, social scientists have long argued that employment and economic growth are essential components of a healthy society. Economic growth is the single most important factor relating to length of life, says Yale School of Medicine professor M. Harvey Brenner in 2002. Following the completion of a pivotal study exploring the relationship between unemployment and mortality, 
Hmm. So we've had the year of the greatest unemployment yeah. ever experienced in the world. Unemployment employment is the essential element of social status and it establishes a person as a contributing member of society and also has very important implications for self-esteem. So he's using kind of their jargon for, for explaining purpose, a sense of purpose and meaning. And, and having no sense of purpose and meaning does have physical health uh, consequences. Yeah. That's why people, when their spouse dies, like how, you know, the stories, they go soon after. Yeah. Or, or you stop working. You're like, oh, I'm ready to retire. And you don't last very long, right? The Yale study's findings are not unique. A 2014 article in Harvard Public Health magazine points to an abundance of research that reaches a similar conclusion. Employment disruptions come with severe costs to mental and physical health. The body of research includes a 2011 meta-analysis published in Social Science and Medicine that concluded that mortality risk was 63% higher for individuals who experienced unemployment than those who did not. Wow. So think about the health consequences to essentially requiring everyone to be unemployed. Mm-hmm. During COVID, so this just this just to bring it full circle confirms the biblical teaching that work is not merely the pragmatic solution to not having things, and therefore, if there's another way, namely government checks, uh, no no harm, no foul. There's no difference. Um, that there's a massive difference, and we're not even touching on. Yeah, the, we're not even talking about the fact that taxes for that purpose are essentially stealing. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly. if you're getting a government check and you're not thinking about where it's coming from, yeah. it's being taken from somebody who's working. Yes. For you. Yes. And so, well, even I the mean, rhetoric it's around na- it's just naivete, right? The, the rhetoric around government um it's they they're giving us money. Yeah. We're going to give sorry. No, they, do they you already took money? it from you. Yeah, it's like that's <laughs> that's you don't have money. Yeah. Like there's no government money. There's there's the there's public's money. money. Yeah, this and this comes up too when you think of um, the way that uh, the media is starting to talk about uh, like tax exempt status for churches. Yeah, it's like you guys are stealing money by not paying taxes. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> I don't think you know how this works. Yeah, you're stealing our money. <laughs> Actually, we're just we're just not being stolen from. Yes, we're not stealing the public's money. Yeah, we're just not being stolen from and we we're going to hopefully hold on to that as long as we can but. yeah i actually there's a there's a study and i think you can go to a website there's a calculator you can do because there are studies that have been done and show the economic impact of churches and it's churches provide an enormous amount of economic benefit to a mm-hmm. society i saw a pastor i think it was aaron um site today on social media that he did the calculator in their church uh, supports $6.3 million in their community every single wow. year. And it's like, not only are we not stealing from you, because that's just illogical, like it's our money, yeah. uh, we contribute $6.3 million. Take away all the churches and see what happens. Yeah. Um, so maybe we could talk kind of pivoting here about work and human flourishing. I mean, another way this expresses itself, you say, now we want to limit our work week. We want to get down. Work is the problem. Um, And when we retire, the goal is that we could retire and not work. But we want to say as Christians, no, the problem isn't work, it's sin and the fall. And the gospel is not retirement. Mm -hmm. It's the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. and um, the new creation 
And so in one sense, we want to say, look, uh, we don't blame people for feeling that the world is cursed and the work is hard because it is. Yeah. But the solution is not to do less of it or to stop earlier because there's other problems associated with that. It's to long for the new creation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. And ultimately, I mean, retirement is kind of an over-realized eschatology in some ways. It's saying, mm. I want heaven now. I want heaven. You know, why does every brochure for RSPs show you in a pristine environment with perfect health? Mm-hmm. Well, they're trying to pitch you a vision of heaven. But in a sense, the the work we do, you know, and not even necessarily talking about jobs, but, you know... Um, Building, uh, building a house, building yes. a shed behind your house, building a garden, doing something. This is all, this is like a, it's not an over-realized eschatology. It's like an anticipatory right. eschatology. We're yes. anticipating the new heavens and the new earth. Yes. Right. Yeah. I, we're kind of trying to show what that's like yeah. by, by building things, by being creative. Um, obviously not making heaven come faster. Uh, but we're we're living as citizens of heaven. Yeah, we're, yeah. I mean, we're we've got one foot in in the kingdom of God and one yeah. foot on on earth. So, well, that's another thing you you kind of allude to is there is a dangerous dualism, you know, in some forms of theology that's like there's no purpose to our life right now. It's just to get to heaven. Mm-hmm. But in that theology, work has no purpose. Work is something we simply tolerate, like all of life, until we get to heaven. Yeah. But the biblical view of things is that in Christ, we are the new creation and that God is a purpose for us. And he is actually restored, going back to Genesis 1, the creation purpose, back to the whole theme of our podcast, wasn't canceled at the cross. It was restored. Yeah. And it's not perfected. You know, we aren't, but the story of scripture is an escalation. Like it's what we are working towards is better than Eden. Mm-hmm. And Eden was was not complete. And that's, he told them, go and take dominion, right? Like, go work and keep. Um, yeah, so, I, I mean, maybe a practical thing for that, too, with retirement is, like, it's so encouraging when older saints uh, don't tap out and when they um, see the later years of their life, even if they are retired, economically speaking, as a time to pour their life and love and gifts into the into other people, yeah, and to not just settle for, you know, well, I've done my time, mm-hmm. I've done my part, did my thirty years on yeah, the assembly like, line. Yeah, that's when you're the most valuable. Yeah, you know. Uh, speaking of work, I just got a text from uh, Ben that he dropped a package off right at your door and nobody answered. Actually, yeah. <laughs> did you order something? Uh, <laughs> yes, it's probably Bibles for my kids. Nice. Anyway, well, I wish he had come. I in wish and he had sat just down, come yeah. downstairs. <laughs> what a guy! Ben is a delivery fella. He is, and uh, he del- he delivers all those wonderful packages we love so much. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I yeah, I want to keep thinking about the you know the difference between a job and work. I think we need that distinction, but I don't think if you go too far with it, work is, you know, we keep that pragmatic uh, view of the job and then the work is the stuff we do on the side that we really enjoy. 
No. Then, yeah, they're not so we don't separable. Want, you no. can't separate them. But I go to work five days a week. Yeah. But God commands me to work six days and yeah. rest for one. Yeah. So as maybe, maybe we just need to talk to the church now, right? We've talked about where the culture's at, but to the church, I mean, we should all be working to benefit our assemblies. Yeah. I mean, that's priority number one, aside from family, right? Yeah. Aside from supplying for your family and raising your children and all yeah. of that, your your own house, um, working in the, in the local assembly, whether it's encouraging somebody or mm-hmm. bringing somebody a meal or just sitting down to talk mm-hmm. or whether it's mm-hmm. writing an article mm-hmm. or teaching a class, whatever you do, there's plenty to be done. Oh yeah, and uh, there's no spectators in in no. in the kingdom of God. We're all part of the body. Every member has a function. Yeah, right. our our work is our um, her service of love. Mm-hmm. Like work is love. It's not, and that's kind of the freeing thing. Your work isn't ultimately even about you, and that's such a freeing thing. Like that's just a Christian truism of all of life. When you realize that your life is for the glory of God and the good of other people. Um, but yeah, there's so much work to do to provide for people's needs in so many ways, hmm. not just so I get paid at the end of the week. Yeah. And when you view it that way, you can do it joyfully, mm-hmm. right? It's like, ah, even if I have a miserable day, look, I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing it for them. And that's how you have a joy that the worst day can't steal. Yeah. I was thinking uh, when we first started, you were referencing John chapter five, Jesus saying he was working. Um, yes. I love, I, and this is going to go slightly off topic here, but I love that uh, that portion because Jesus is essentially claiming deity there. Yes. Um, yeah, his father. Where yeah. is that? Verses, uh, uh, right, verse uh, 17 of John five. Uh but Jesus answered, my father is working until now and I am working. Yes. Like that's a huge statement. Oh yeah. Because they would have understood he was talking about God's work in creation and God's work of sustaining creation. Yeah. So God is continually working to uphold his creation. And Jesus is saying, I'm doing that work too. Yes. <laughs> I'm the one holding this all He together. upholds the universe yeah. by the word of his power. Yeah. Yeah, if God stopped working, then we would stop existing. <laughs> stop being. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you mm. can't say it's inherently bad. Mm. It's just it's just hard. And you know what? That so much that we experienced and have enjoyed is out of the Protestant work ethic. Yeah. What did a gospel renewal do? What did a revival in the church do? Well, one of the things it did is produce people who work, and it's not, uh, you know despite popular opinion, because they were just all greedy is because they recognized humbly their purpose, the mandate from God. They realized that the way that they love other people is probably providing for them. As Paul says, who, whoever doesn't provide for his family is denied the faith and is worse for, than unbeliever. Yeah. What, well, how could you say that? Well, it's because if you care so little for your own family that you won't even sacrifice in order to care for their needs, there's no meaningful sense that you can say that you believe in the son of God who gave himself for us. Right. Yeah. And what that did is produced a whole lot of good for a whole lot of people. Yeah. And again, back to the, the point of this podcast, it's about that dominion. Like, yes. Can you imagine just going to a new continent where there's very little development? Yes. And just picking out a piece of the forest and saying, yeah. I'm going to turn this into a farm. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's, 
that's like pushing back the chaos and yes. creating order and bringing that little section of God's creation under your dominion, under his dominion. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, it's glorious to think of. It is a glorious thing. Kind of makes me want to go chop some trees down or something. Yeah. <laughs> Start a business. Uh, I think of, uh, I was just looking up Proverbs. There's all sorts of stuff in the Proverbs about, oh, yeah. you know, the sleep of the laborer is sweet and that sort of thing. Mm. But um, where is it? Oh, man. Uh, Proverbs 19.24. The sluggard buries his hand in the dish and will not even bring it back to his mouth. It's this idea of of the, the lazy man. He can't even, he can't even sustain himself. Yeah. Like... You know, he th- buries his hand in the food pot, but he's so lazy he can't even get it back to his mouth yeah. to give himself the sustenance he needs. Yes. Yeah, that's a picture of how we shouldn't be. Yeah. Hmm. Well, that's good. And I mean, this we could probably do another podcast sometime on rest. Like, that's a big yeah. aspect. I mean, God worked, but he also rested. Yeah, and we haven't even touched on that yet. I mean, the, the whole idea of Sabbath rest and uh, how that's tied into work. Yeah. Um, it's like the they complement each other. Yes. The rest is sweet because of the work. Yeah. And the work is sort of building towards that rest. And yeah. Yeah. We should Maybe do we next, should do another time. episode of that. Yeah, we don't want to get into that right now. We'll come back next week. We'll talk about Hebrews four and um Hopefully the Benjamite can join us. Yes, yeah. We need a poet for, for the rest section. <laughs> we do. We need somebody who can really get to the core of it. Yeah. Uh, For the uh, good section here, I'm going to read a little bit from Anselm. Um, This is from uh, Proslogion, Chapter 1. Getting this from my 2,000 Years of Christ Power, Volume 2 book. I want to get that. Yeah, they're fantastic. Really good. Anywho, uh, this actually, and it ties in a little bit with what we're talking about. So not exactly a poem, just sort of a, you know, just sort of a little uh, rant, I guess. Come along now, little man. Leave your daily work for a while. Get away for a while from the swirling storm of your thoughts. Put those heavy anxieties to one side. Free yourself for God for a little while and rest for a little while in him. Retreat into the innermost room in your soul. Lock out everything else except God and whatever can aid you in seeking him. And when you have closed the door, then seek him. Now, my whole heart, say to God, I seek your face. Lord, it is your face I am seeking. I confess, O Lord, with thanksgiving that you have made me in your image so that I can remember you, think of you, and love you. But your image in me is so worn away, so blotted out by faults, so darkened by the smoke of sin that it cannot do the thing it was made for unless you renew it and remake it. Lord, I am not trying to climb up to your height. My understanding is simply not equal to that. But I do want to understand a little of your truth, which my heart already believes and loves. I do not seek to understand so that I may believe. I believe so that I may understand. More than that, I believe that unless I do believe, I will not understand. Anselm of Canterbury. It's an amazing quote. Is that where they get faith-seeking understanding? I imagine so. I've I've read that uh, part about believing at the end there in a lot of places. Right. So... That's so good. Yeah. Anywho, I, oh, I got to lean forward here. I'm sitting back on this couch. You have couch. to do some work. I got to lean forward to do some work to cue the, uh, you know, the outro music. 
Thanks for joining us this time on Dominion Podcast. Come back next time. We'll be talking about human flourishing and rest. <laughs> <laughs>